0: time for Soul Talks.
1: We're Bill and Christy Galtier, Christian counselors and the founders of Soul Shepherding.
0: In John 10, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I lay down my life for the sheep, and I take it up again. My sheep follow me. No one can snatch them out of my hands.
1: In other words, with Jesus at the cross, we are unforsaken. That's our theme for this special series during Lent. Thanks for joining us. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, honey. You went for a run this morning.
0: I did. It was so beautiful outside.
1: Did you hit a tree? You have like a spot of what looks like green pollen in your hair.
0: Yeah, I ran through a tree.
1: <laughs> How'd you do that? I was flying. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there was a pine tree by you know the pine tree by the lake where we did that Christmas oh, yeah, picture yeah. with our kids. And we all climbed up in the tree and got a picture of that yeah, year. Yeah. Well, the branches kind of go down low, and yeah, so I do. ran ran through it. So. Oh
1: well. It- blessed you with its pollen this morning. Well, I hope
0: it's not blessing your allergies. <laughs> yeah, no, thankfully not.
1: <laughs> so yeah, we're straight from our regular here. It's the morning and we're recording. We don't usually do that. I'm not a morning person.
0: Well, you're looking pretty chipper and oh. <laughs> smiling and sounding nice.
1: Well, it's kind of nice. I forgot the sun comes right in here on this chair in the morning, so I'm enjoying the warm sunshine. It's yeah, good. that's nice. here and it's been so fun hearing from our listeners. They're like a spot of sunshine to us. They contact yeah. us. Mark, who's a spiritual formation pastor in Grand Rapids Michigan, emailed us this week. And, oh, thanks for your podcast. And really enjoying them. It. But it's just so fun to hear from people and get a little sense of who's listening, who's joining us, and who's in our community.
0: Yeah. We heard from Wes and Katherine Johnson in Everett, Washington. Wes is a pastor at Bethel Church and uh, leader of Awakenings Prayer Institute. They do a lot of retreats and provide resources for pastors and leaders and all kinds of folks. And Wes and Catherine listen when they're driving together.
1: Oh, I love that.
0: Tuning into Soul Talk. And they have their own conversations heart to heart and listening to each other and praying together.
1: Good for them. Love that. Yeah, we were watching a, a movie recently where there was a, a woman walking down the road and a guy who goes to school with her pulls up and sees her and asks her if she wants a ride. And she says, no, you know, I just want to be left alone. And he says, well, usually when I want to be left alone, company does me well.
0: <laughs> yeah. Isn't that right? We really need those connections with each other. And that's what we're hoping to do here is you and I have a soul talk to help our listeners do the same with a spouse or family member, friend, someone they're caring for.
1: Yeah. It's it's easy to isolate when we're in pain and think nobody would want to be with us. Nobody would want to journey this with us or we don't want to travel with anyone. And that's kind of what we're talking about here in Mm -hmm. this fifth station of the cross, because the fifth station of the cross is Simon helps Jesus carry his cross and enters into the pain. Now, Simon doesn't do this by choice, like this man who pulled up and offered the woman, you know, a ride home from school.
0: Yeah. Well, not at first, as we explain in the devotional, he's Forced by the soldiers to carry the cross, we read in Mark fifteen twenty one as Jesus is stumbling under the weight of the cross. But it appears that Simon has a change of heart; that he goes from maybe being bitterly angry about wow. this to seeing Jesus and how Jesus responds to the sufferings with kindness and love, and how he's crucified to forgive us of our sins. And it seems that he and his sons are won over because we read in. Romans sixteen thirteen that his sons were followers of Jesus.
1: Yeah, and that that's a hopeful thing. And yet, I I don't want to skip too fast over what it would feel like. I mean, I really empathize with Simon mm. here, thinking this would be horrifying to be forced into this mm. awful scene. Mm-hmm. And you know, I love that you point out here in Unforsaken how in Him carrying the cross, He He was forced to do it. Number one, and we don't like to be forced against our will to do things. Especially horrible, hard suffering things, and then, as he was carrying the cross, then the crowds were jeering at him now too, and the soldiers were abusing him too, and you know, we think about how especially here in america we we cling to our rights and we make such a big deal when a right is violated. You just think of how Jesus has all of his rights i mean he was innocent, and he was suffering, and all of his rights were being totally and completely disregarded.
0: Yeah. And Simon had quite an identification with that because he was innocent. He didn't do anything deserving of being whipped and carrying that heavy cross and getting splinters on his back and being jeered at and everything.
1: Yeah. Just, he was just walking in town, you know, he was a foreigner and it gives us empathy, I think. And it helps me to remember that when I feel like I'm suffering unjustly or, or I'm innocent and I don't deserve, you know, what I'm getting, it helps me to remember and that Jesus is the ultimate example of that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's times we feel forced into things that just aren't fair and or just hard. Very. Yeah, so Simon's an inspiration for us, the way that he helps Jesus. And uh, as I said, it seems that really, Jesus is the one that helps Simon. And that's what we see throughout the passion of Christ is that he's constantly loving the people around him.
1: I think what you're saying here, too, as I've been meditating on this station this week, is that as we recall the mind areas where we are suffering, we tend to feel alone when we're suffering. And so Jesus, as we contemplate his suffering like this, it helps us not to feel alone.
0: Yeah, because when I feel alone with something, I can go into Mm -hmm. self-pity, discouragement, even depression. You know, I've uh, been sharing with our listeners the challenges that we have with having our ministry evaluated, which we're Mm -hmm. it's thankful for. We're seeking some consultation from some business leaders, but you know, it's uh, it's vulnerable Mm -hmm. and it's uh, exposing, and you know, maybe feeling criticized at times or pressured, and uh, lots of unknowns and uh, uncertainty that can feel anxious and scary. And so, as I was praying about that, you know, again this morning on my run through the trees. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just talking to the Lord about this and, you know, practicing this meditation here. And I was thinking about also how has Jesus experienced this kind of thing in his life? And, uh, it's just been so fruitful for me over the years to do that when I'm going mm-hmm. through something mm-hmm. difficult yes. uh, to think about what I know about the life of Jesus and just to, just to meditate and pray and see if I can't, uh, hear the Spirit, direct me to Jesus in a new way. And so I began thinking about things like uh, Jesus as a boy, learning from his parents, Mary and Joseph, and uh, learning in the local synagogue through uh, trainings uh, from older elders in the community and submitting to these these learnings and submitting to feedback uh, in, in his own forming and, and shaping in the way of the scriptures and, and so forth uh, at the temple at 12, you know, we see him asking questions of the, the religious leaders there. And of course they're very impressed with his wisdom. And, uh, it's like, we're amazed at 12 year old Jesus, his maturity. Yeah. And yet he's, we might forget that, well, he's in a posture of learning and, and dialogue and it's probably part of his rite of passage process. And so there's probably some, um, you know, feedback for him in that whole experience and probably represents a number of conversations like this that he's had. And then later with John the Baptist, you know, when he goes to John the Baptist to be baptized, even though he didn't have any sin, yet he's identifying with all of us as human beings. And he's beginning, you know, his new ministry and uh, dedicating himself to God in a special way. And and then, you know, as he begins his gospel ministry and he proclaims his message, he picks up right where John left off, you know, uh, repent for the kingdom of the heavens is at hand. Rethink how you're living your life in light of the opportunity to, to bring it into God's kingdom. And so we see Jesus, of course, Jesus is perfect, uh, but yet he learns, we read, he, he grows in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And so he's learning from God through people. And all these examples. And so now that gives me encouragement. Okay, I'm not alone. Jesus is with me. He's gone before me through the difficulty of seeking feedback uh, and sometimes maybe being challenged by that.
1: Yeah, it really does help us when we can identify a way in Jesus' life, like you encourage us to in this Forsaken booklet, to find something where Jesus has gone before us in a similar experience to what we're experiencing. It helps us to realize... He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. We're not alone as we feel. So that's what you're inviting us to do in this chapter, in, in this meditation, is to do what Paul says, this participation in Christ's sufferings, and that it's it's a way into the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus more intimately. So not only are we learning in the ways that God grows us through trials, but it, he's also growing us in that intimate knowledge of Him.
0: Yeah. What's the way that you're connecting with Christ through uh, this Lenten season so far and challenges and difficulties?
1: Yeah. Well, it's helped me a lot to remember I'm not alone and to think about ways Jesus experienced the very thing I'm experiencing. And there's an example where I feel like I'm being forced to do something in a relationship with somebody. I'm not really being forced, but because I love this person, their free will choices are putting me in a position I don't want to be in. And it's painful to me and I don't like it. But because I love them, I'm gonna stay in relationship. So it's helped me to think about, well, Jesus does this all the time. Mm. He did this for you and me. I mean, he didn't wanna be in this situation he was in even with the cross, but he did it out of love for us. Yeah. And so it just helps me to realize he knows how I feel with this. And he made the same choice. And I can take courage from him to love and to forgive and to press into This embracing this suffering, even though it's nothing compared to what Jesus suffered for me, it helps me to love better.
0: It's painful and stressful for you. And we all relate to this because we have these things in our families. It's with the people that we love that there's most likely to be Mm -hmm. situations of distress and unfairness. And
1: Yeah. So it's been helpful to remember that anytime that angst comes up or that temptation to go to self-pity or, you know... Get angry or frustrated that I'm forced, you know, to do this, or I'm having to, you know, be in this position I don't want to be in.
0: You're picking up uh, the cross and mm-hmm. and f- falling in line with Jesus, and for yeah. the joy set before Him, Jesus mm-hmm. endured the cross. Yeah, no yeah. shame. He's despising the shame. Yeah, uh, Hebrews twelve tells us. Yeah, yeah. So you're staying out of that that place of self condemnation. That's a temptation. I know.
1: Right. That's
0: right. Yeah. So then we come to the sixth station. Veronica Wipes Jesus' Face, and we have the prayer, Thank you, Jesus, by your cross, you gave us your life and showed us how to give and receive kindness. And we have the uh, scripture meditation here. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers or sisters of mine, Jesus says, you did it for me.
1: Yeah, I love the tenderness of this station of the cross. We're here, you know, the legend is Veronica comes and she Offers Jesus a cloth, you know, in kindness and love and mercy and compassion. This cloth is called the Shroud of Turin, and it made like an imprint of his face. And so you said Veronica means true image. And so I like that thought that, you know, seeing his loving face in her service. Mm -hmm. And I love that because I see his loving face in people in my life that Come to me in love and when mm-hmm. I'm suffering, so I have a, a dear friend who twice this week drove an hour to come and to be with me and to mm-hmm. listen to me and listen to me process. She's, you know she's a safe friend, a confidential friend. She loves a person who I love who, but who I feel forced to suffer, you know and just to be with me, it's like mm-hmm. she's coming through the true image of Jesus and I see Jesus in her face and in her love as she listens to me and prays for me.
0: Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You're talking about Margaret, and I'm eating one of her Bobo's bars right now, and I'm very <laughs> thankful are. for. Her. Yeah. <laughs> she she listens to you, but she gives me Bobo. Yeah. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> she brought you a, a bar you like to eat, you know that you can eat with your celiac. So
0: yeah, we you know we just need we need good friends who <laughs> offer us empathy, and that's really the inspiration behind Soul Talks. Is that we all want to connect more deeply with Jesus and uh, the Father and Son intimacies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm you know, by the Holy Spirit and so forth. But we need each other to to help each other with that. Mm -hmm. We need times of sharing and listening and caring. And it helps us to, in a palpable way, to know that God really is present, even closer than our breath.
1: Yeah, well, as we're talking about, Margaret, she was in horrible pain this week from a tooth that was infected and a sinus Mm -hmm. infection. And she went to the dentist in awful, awful pain, just horrific pain. The pain medicines weren't doing anything to ease the pain. And she says that when she got out of the car, her dental hygienist was there and just held her. Hmm. And she said her dental hygienist was the face of Christ to her in yeah. that pain. You know, there was that yeah. empathy, that sense of, you know, I'm here with you. You're not alone. I'm here for you. I'm you know so sorry you're suffering. The dental hygienist had some empathy for her and her pain, and she felt Christ embrace through her.
0: Yeah, I was so thankful for that. I, I felt yeah. hugged by that yeah. dental hygienist. Yeah. And it's easy, you know, it's a good reminder, honey, that it's so often it's the little things like Veronica's cloth, mm-hmm. that uh, some simple act of kindness and generosity that really can make a big impact for somebody. You know, our, our smile, our encouraging word, dropping a note, you know, it really makes a difference.
1: It does. Yeah. And you identify in Unforsaken. It's been helpful to me in our meditations that we need to be on the giving end of this and the receiving end Mm -hmm. of God's grace and kindness to us.
0: Yeah. it's, It's so often, you know, as pastors, leaders, Bible study leaders, parents, just helpers who are seeking to follow Jesus, you know, we're earnest about serving the Lord and Uh, you know, that's really a special focus for us in soul shepherding is that we're looking to reach the helpers who are in ministry to others because we so often forget our own needs. Mm -hmm. And so we need to receive kindnesses too. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And so people often will ask you and I, well, who cares for your souls? Because, you know, we're caring for theirs Mm -hmm. and that's important to us. So yesterday we had seven people over in our family room with us for three hours who were with us journeying through this process with soul shepherding and our discernment and our growth. And I felt like they were caring for our souls.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Listening to us, praying for us, uh, encouraging us, cheering us,
1: giving yeah. us feedback that we need. Yeah. And they've been journeying this with us and I feel so much a sense of, of receiving from them. And And we have others too that we meet with, but that giving and receiving balance, usually I think each of us has a tendency where one is maybe a little bit more natural or easy. Maybe we fall towards the temptation to want to overgive, being the one who's in the position to giving more. I do. That's my temptation.
0: Yeah, because we feel a sense of control, maybe there.
1: Yeah, or pride, or you know, we don't want to have to need from somebody else. That's humbling. Or others of us maybe are more comfortable with receiving. Don't think we have anything to give, which sometimes I fall into too, and think, oh, I don't have anything to offer this Mm. person, and you know, I feel like I'm the needy one, and so I think it's important that sense of giving and receiving. And here Veronica in confidence believes she had something to give Jesus and yet she received something too.
0: Yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful scene. I'm so thankful for this ancient story. You know, it's it probably didn't really happen, but it's it teaches wonderful truths. And so millions of pilgrims have been walking these stations and so this is I really appreciate this story and as I was meditating on it even this morning as I was Uh, up early and and going for a jog with Jesus, the the lake was very calm and still. And I could see in the lake the reflections of the Mm, trees and the sky. And it made me think about this station with Veronica and the, you know, the Shroud of Turin. Mm. And to think about, yeah, the imprint of Jesus' face that shows up on a smiling face uh, or in various acts of kindness. It's like, yes, Lord, I want people to see you and your smile through me. So I was inspired uh, to, on my Facebook page to say, hey, post a prayer on my page and I'll pray for it. Just, you know, just just some little acts of care and generosity there to pray a prayer for people. And then my Facebook started lighting up with all these people posting prayers. I thought, "See, yeah, that's the way of Jesus. (laughs) You know, it's the little kindnesses. And this is what the story of Veronica teaches us. So Lord, we thank you for uh, your tender mercies to us that are new every morning. Praise you, Lord, that the, the least of us is the focus of your attention. And there really is no least and last and lowest in the kingdom of God. It's In the kingdom of men and women, it seems that way in our society. We treat people like that. But we thank you, Lord, that you see each one of us and what we need and what we feel. And help us, Lord, to really flow in receiving your compassion and your grace and the ways that you honor us and that we might overflow with your generosity to the people around us and share your kindness. And know that as we do this, particularly during Lent now as we're on this journey, that with Simon of Cyrene, we're joining you, Jesus, in your crosswalk. And this ministers to you. As Paul told us, this is the companionship of Christ's sufferings. And it's the surpassing worth, the precious prize of life is this deeper intimacy with you, Jesus. And so often it comes through these paths of the difficulties and sufferings of life or the little kindnesses that don't pick up so much in the world, but are so big to you, God. So we praise you, Lord. Bless each of our listeners this day and this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
1: Each week during Lent, we're having a soul
0: talk in response to the readings in our new booklet called Unforsaken. It's a short storybook with pictures, Bible meditations, and prayers that invite you to follow Jesus station by station on his cross journey. You can order
1: Unforsaken on soulshepherding.org or Amazon for as little as
0: $5. Till next time, let's continue our conversation with Christ.